This week on the SchmitzCon Show, we are defining something that is not even in the dictionary. Love formation. How does it work? What is it? What do we know about it? If we know anything. Do we know anything? Right. Um, so stay tuned here on the SchmitzCon Show to find out. Oh, wow. I just, like, blew my nose into the microphone. I wonder if they heard that. Well, it adds to it. It adds to the experience. It's, it's like it's like an ambience. I thought it was Back muted. Ambient noise. I thought it was muted. All right. Today, well, actually, let's talk about our recording situation as we tend to do. It is, it is morning. It's not super early, but, I mean, we woke up less than an hour ago. We woke up less than... Well, I woke up about an hour ago. And I woke up 40 minutes ago. So the morning voices have mostly worn out. A little bit, but you still got some deepness to them. Some deepness. <laughs> Asher yep. was just talking normal. He sounded like some countryman coming to like murder something. I'm going to find that sucker. And I'm going to blow his brains out. Yeah. yeah. It had me scared for a second. And I was like, no, please don't do that. Average morning. Average morning, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So formation for- and love. Formation and love, love and formation. And I believe the technical term for it all is love formation. So the idea of forming your loves which is a topic that I brought to the table. I said, hey, let's try talking about this. And he said, okay, good idea. And what it essentially is, is the idea that you are what you love. That is the name of a book by James K.A. Smith, if you're interested. It's the power of habit is kind of what we're talking about on a, almost like on a half a layer deeper. So I'm going to let you, Asher, ask the first question. I, I, <laughs> where does love formation start? Does it start with something that we consider love, or maybe to be a little bit lesser? I would say it starts with something to be a little bit lesser. It seems that it is. It begins with an interest or a spark of. Um, longing for discovery. That's kind of a long way to put it, but a want, a want for discovery of something, kind of a striving for adventure type thing, maybe. Not like a, oh, I'm going to go hike the waterfall, but like an adventure of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get right into it, take an addiction that is kind of in the same wheelhouse of love formation, but on a much more impactful, deeper layer, maybe. The question was, where does it... What was the question? How does it start? How does it start? Brief interest. Do you... Would you agree? No. Okay. Let's... Let, I, I was wondering. So let's hear your... I think your... it's sudden interest. Okay. It's the same thing, but I like to be interesting by disagreeing with people on things that Mm. seem obvious to agree with Mm -hmm. it adds to the conversation it it sure does so uh yeah i believe it starts with something less or just a quick interest in something something as we say peaks our interest and then we might want to investigate further maybe we we probably don't know that we are going to like it in a certain way in the future or love it as we would say and don't make it part of our lives yet. It's just something has raised your attention. It has raised your attention. That is... I, I would not consider it love. It's a very simple way to put it. Yes. Everything starts somewhere. Love starts... Yeah, when does from, it... What, when does it turn from interest to love? Hmm. It's definitely not consciously. That is... That's... I'm I'm going to make a bold claim and say that is a uh, true statement that it doesn't really it doesn't always start consciously. The thing of love formation is it starts 
it it's it's more of a process so i don't know if i could if we could define a like a center like a defining point or if we would have to like it might be different for different people and different things but the fact the point when you take this thing let's say um let's say you really like let's say writing writing essays is you've you've taken an interest in that but it hasn't really like taken over in your mind like when you start to think about it when you start to kind of rely on that then you start to love it think of i wasn't going to bring this up yet but think of running you at least for me most people it's hard the first time you ever run like intentionally like oh i'm gonna go run three miles kind of sucks it hurts a lot it's painful it's It's, not fun it's not fun you're just dreading it and longing to go back home you get halfway through and then it's like oh i could just run two miles yeah just run a little harder the last half and then i could be done yeah no nope so take that and then six months later if you do that every day if you do that every day you'll begin to start looking forward to that run whether you, you whether you like it or not, it's naturally what's going to happen. You're not going to be like it's. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm gonna run every day, but I'm not gonna like it at all. Eventually, you're going to start to love what you are doing. So, if I'm, are you sure? I'm trying to think through this. If we took another example, like what's. What's well, I st- so I do. I don't like the act of running. I okay. don't like to run. I like how I feel after. Okay. I actually don't have any like enjoyment on the treadmill or on the pavement or wherever I'm running. Mm-hmm. I I just do it, and I don't really enjoy it that much. I just try and run consistently to the best of my ability. I'm not really enjoying. It. I'm not disliking it. But I'm just looking forward to the feeling after where you feel like powered up yeah, and ready to go. Like every issue that was in your day is a lot less, less. like. This is true. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you're loving the results of something. The first time you ever ran, did you feel powered up when you were done? I felt like I was dead. Yeah. But now you feel like you're alive. <laughs> yeah. So I like that aspect. I think maybe they're... If if it's not the thing that you like, it's just something about it that you continue to do. You'll find that you'll so you love. may hate brushing your teeth, but you'll like the benefits if you mm. do it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a psycho and don't like clean teeth, or a psycho and are obsessed with clean teeth. I mean, the dentist not a psycho, <laughs> dude. I think maybe the dentist at parades they always hand out the frisbees. I think they gotta up their business and hand out candy. Like you know what? The most the appro- best candy at the dentist. Ooh. And then you'll it's be sure to come back. You know what's funny? <laughs> yeah. I think what they should do is hand out free appointments. <laughs> like not a lot, but just a little bit. Like here's a free like root cleaning. canal. Here's a yeah. free cleaning. Because people people would go people like at least go. adults would go like nuts for that. They would go nuts for that and then they would start coming back because they liked it so much. Bit off track. <laughs> but you would start to love that um, that root canal process. Well, you, know? you just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just there's something about an aspect that you love because we were talking about... Right. Cleaning teeth. Because, yeah, anyway. That was an intentional rabbit trail probably on my end. Um, Is it like a... <sighs> like habitual that makes it become love like what does that process look like it is habitual or it is uh habit you will um for for those of you who have to take a little longer to think about that word um again, you made it longer <laughs> by saying a second word <laughs> the the power of habit is um uh what it says on my book here it actually says the spiritual power of habit, um, which we can get into later, maybe. But the power of habit is is 
quite big, quite nice, quite fancy. It is habitual, and it kind of leads into a question. So, it is, is, my question is, is this the same as a habit, and how might it be similar or different? So, is formation of love similar to a habit? Yes. Well, thanks for answering for me. <laughs> no, I was, I was, <laughs> you do that. I'm responding to your question about the question. Okay. Okay. Yes. I would say it has something to do with it. Like you form a habit and over time, since it's a habit, it becomes so ingrained in you that it's the normal. So when you become to introduce something in your life enough that it becomes normal, you'll probably start maybe expecting it and enjoying certain aspects of it. Like, did you like your Meyer job at the very beginning? Other than like the excitement and like, woohoo, we're going to work at, like we're going to get money and like work. And, like it was exciting for about a week. And right. Then, and then like the honeymoon phase, if you will, faded away. And it was like, no, I just got... You, you just, just go just there work. and you work and it just kind of goes. Yeah. So, but did you end up finding things over time that you like enjoyed about your job, even if it was very small? Yeah. I enjoyed working. I enjoyed printing labels. I felt like a boss when I printed labels. <laughs> printing <laughs> labels. Interesting. I would change the prices of some things. Not, not, not like I was supposed to. Like if something was opened, then we would change the price of it to like mark it down um not not so that i can cheat the store out of getting their money just just because like people broke into the socks so now there's two less pairs so i have to so you're still paying the same price i'm just marking it differently anyway so i did i there were sir i enjoyed the folding clothes and putting them on the tables so there were definitely parts that i enjoyed and came to like or yeah i think it takes it a little bit more time time <clears throat> time than the amount you were there true like a whopping six months right I, yeah nothing what there could it look like after two years like even if like let's just take it even though we know that you you didn't really want to work at Meyer your whole life obviously because you were young and yeah why would you work at Meyer that long? So, <laughs> Why would you work at Meyer that long? But imagine, hypothetically, if you're there for five years, what kind of position you could be in and what kind of things you'd come to enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. There'd be something. You're, it would be there a different be role. But you would come to like, oh, I don't mind going to work. Yeah, and that has happened to me fairly recently. Okay. Um, this was, I don't know, four or five months ago. It's just dependent on like what I tend to get at my job. But I, I do like, it's like I like work enough to stay longer because I not only enjoy the work I do, it's like it's a good job. It pays well. Yeah. But a part of it is that like I actually do enjoy what I get to do. And I, I learned some and I get to teach though. So it's like, I've, I've kind of progressed in a way where in the beginning it was just like a, it felt like factory work, just mm -hmm. pumping stuff out. But now it's, it's quite, quite different. So I guess it doesn't really have to do with habits in that example, but generally forming love does start with maybe habits or routine or just having to do something over and over again, such as work. Yeah. But piquing interest, then it just becomes, oh, it piqued my interest. I'm going to look into it later. And, and then you do it again and, and again. And I it do, is, a, in that in that case, it is still habitual. I don't know if it's considered a habit. We're talking more of like an object, right? Mm -hmm. Like things yeah. to like. So if I like... Um, memorizing shampoo um, <laughs> ingredients and I go to the dollar store once and I'm like, ooh, those are cool names and I come back and I come back. It's like, I'm I guess it's somewhat considered it's a, habit, a habit. But you're choosing to put yourself there. Right. 
Whereas work, it's more like almost like you feel obligated. Where this is something you have more of an interest in, and that could yes. lead into another topic of like developing love for something that you originally dislike or have neutrality towards, versus something you've started at a more positive kind of end. Right on. So, Joshua Asher. How common... This is kind of jumping to the other end okay. before I talk about kind of in the middle. Sounds how, good. how common is it to become overwhelmed with the things you love and elaborate on what it looks like going too far? Mm. Be overwhelmed by the things that you love. Or like you're letting them take too much of your life. You ever been in a YouTube black hole? I have been. I'm not anymore. But that YouTube black hole is a great example because you jump on it and you're like, oh, we'll watch a quick video. And like, I love watching videos. It's just such a relaxing time. Until that's the thing you go to for entertainment. Until that's every the thing time. You In fact, I came across, I'm going to play this clip on the podcast because I came across, it's 30 seconds. I came across this. Okay, I'm ready to play it. All right. So also, the audio does come through terribly because I have an, an Android. Exactly. So it going through multimedia messaging systems instead of um, iMessage. Or they the still haven't figured one. this out when it angers me. Yeah, what's the deal, man? Ah, we'll get there later. <laughs> so this is a one of my favorite uh, guys on YouTube. He, his name is Ryan George. There's my short plug for him. But he's... This is and we're playing the video. Yep. I truly don't know why I just wasted 30 seconds of my life on that. 30 seconds? No, Jonathan. I've been watching for four hours. What? No. Your day is gone and you haven't done anything productive. That's. That's not possible. Oh, it's possible. But I was just. Okay, this thing is. He evil. points to his phone. It is. Jonathan. So that is that is how fitting that we came across that. But the the fact that okay, this man is in the YouTube black hole, and of course it's sketch comedy. But he could be. He he thinks that he is like you know you just plan to sit down. Oh, I'm just gonna watch a quick video, and then it turns into a very long, very 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 unhealthy trip of where you where you cancel events to watch videos or something cancel things that's in your a, life yeah that's a big that's a that's quite a jump but it could come to that it really could like um yeah that is how your what was the question loves consume you or something you could say consume or overwhelm overwhelm you that would be one example of I thought I was on my phone for th for 30 seconds. No, four hours, man. So I guess I, I, I'm pretty aware of my like perception of time. And like, I know if I've been on too long, Yeah, it's usually like at the point, like right now it's like after two videos, I'm like, all right, so I'm do something else. Mm. But it used to be like, I would just keep watching until I felt like I ran out of stuff that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Or I just suddenly became aware of like, I don't even know what I'm going to watch next. And then I felt self-conscious about it. Ooh, yeah. So then I either exited or I went back to the homepage, refresh, because <laughs> I usually would go off recommended. Yeah. And then you just go through the same videos by different people. <laughs> I found myself, because I've worn it out at a younger age, like I have new interests now. But I find myself rewatching old content that oh. I did watch. Not very, not very much. I every now and my then screen enough. time is usually like like forty five minutes yeah. to an hour a day. A nice low screen time. Um. So, at this point in your life, you can't really relate to the to the your well, phone consuming or longing for your attention. But at once I was, which. Actually, let me just ask my next question yeah. then because that has to do with it. I like how this is so, flowing. 
how can you, like, can you escape the love formation? And is it permanent? Haven't gotten to that part of my book yet. So next question, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, can you escape? You need to set aside that book somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can, can you escape the, can you escape your loves that are formed so heavily, essentially, right? Yes. That's like saying to a pornography addict, hey, can you just stop watching porn? You can. You can, but it's not easy. It's going to take a lot of days before you no longer want to return to watching oh, pornography. Oh, you're talking about lo- the love formation, like, or the, just the need for it to stop. Um, I thought you meant just like cutting it off from like your actual like a routine like you can like you can you can you can't it's not fun but you can hand your phone or you can or instead of doing that you can go out into a public area yeah those are there are ways there are great ways and we've already kind of talked about that a little bit but this ties in so nicely you're you are been you have been or said person has been formed by this addiction for six years, let's say. So every every other day or every day, when they get home from whatever, they go to their bedroom, sit on their bed, and they pull up the latest and not greatest in pornography. The latest. <laughs> I've, I've never heard. I've I don't. Heard I didn't actually know I was going you to could say just, that. You could just go for YouTube. YouTube's a YouTube has some place. Yeah. Okay. Let's do YouTube. Then same idea. You go for the past. I can relate to this one. For the past six years, I've been coming home from school and going on to YouTube, and some days more than others. But still, the fact that I get into my bedroom and my instinct is to go to youtube for a while there i was on tiktok and that was my instinct and that was dangerous i finally got to the point where i could just where i did i just cut it out i was like all right you can't hold me anymore tiktok and then funny thing though i didn't actually want to go back is it really that enticing having that app on your like phone? tiktok because i've never had tiktok it is and i still don't really know what it is I know that it's like YouTube, but vertical. Pretty much. Pretty much. And the videos, they used to be shorter. They're getting to be longer. But you, it's harder to search for. If you want to search for things, you got to use like... And this is like as of last time I was on it. You got to use like hashtags or you got to go to somebody's profile. You can't... It's not like you go on and there's a search bar. How to remove the squeaky noise from your door. That's a YouTube question. Is it all about like watching more to discover stuff? Essentially, there's people on there with like 20,000, not followers, but they're following 20,000 people. Like, what do you do? In, there's two. This is what it looks like. Or when I was last on, open the app. You think you think, oh, it's been a long day. I'll treat myself to a few short videos. Uh, just five, five videos. It'll take less than five minutes. Open it up. You have two options for you, which is what the algorithms decide you like. And they have some scary algorithms, by the way. And then there's following. And those are the people that you've, well, pressed the follow button to. And then when you're, when you, this, the video immediately starts. You open the app and there's just a video playing. And you can either scroll past it. YouTube or you started doing it. that. I know. It's very annoying. YouTube Shorts, and you always see that it's just a TikTok. It's pretty much the same thing as YouTube Shorts. I don't know why I didn't start with that, but that's just, all the app does. I YouTube think it's Shorts. obnoxious, though. Like it's, it's always like I open YouTube to like search something quick, but it's like top ten ways to do that. No, and I'm immediately <laughs> press home. Like no, I, I go away. I'd like to dwell on the fact that you said press home. Oh wait, never the home mind. I thought button you were, within the app. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the home button. That's no longer on any phone. I don't have a home button on my phone. <laughs> but Neither do I. Um, what was the question again? It was about... It was about... How to... Es- or can you escape can it? Can you escape it? So... You've discussed case, your escape from TikTok. Yes, that was... So you cut it off. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? It was much easier than I thought it would be. It was... It was... Um, 
it was at uh, Wednesday night at at church, and they were talking, and they were like, "Hey, if there's there's is something in your life that's well, that just the the common words like holding you back from like your or like idols." It was talking about idols, and it's like, okay. They they were like, okay, you're gonna take a practical step and get rid of your idols. One of the pastors was like, look, this is my phone, my Instagram account, it's gone because that's been holding me back, and that has been one of my idols. And I'm like, you know, I didn't walk into church tonight thinking I was gonna walk out with one less thing, but I deleted it, and I've had four seconds of thought of, man, I really want to watch some TikTok right now. And then that was it. And then I was done. But probably because I could just so easily turn to YouTube or FB right. as the new kids <laughs> talk about the old platform. I don't actually have it installed on my phone. YouTube? No, no, no. Facebook. Oh. So there's no Facebook on my phone. I found easy ways to do it is to get rid of it. I did get rid of YouTube at one point on my phone, but I use it at work to like look up stuff if I need to troubleshoot. But I've cut most things out. And I I do agree. It's actually easier than... It's easier than... It's easier than you think for some things. There's a lot of things where it's Mm -hmm, not. mm -hmm. But specifically in video consumption, I think initially if you're into it, like if you're spending six hours a day on something, your transition to one hour is going to be very tough. Because yeah. you need to find something that's going to fill your time adequately. And since your expectation mm-hmm. is video content that can never equate to real life, it's going to be pretty hard to make that transition. But you're going to have to do it. And the way I did it, I unsubscribed like from lots of people. Also, my interest did kind of change as I that's grew. Fair. So this is a little bit of a sidetrack. My interest did change as I grew. And now that I'm you know, been an adult for long enough. It's like I, my, my YouTube is not that interesting to look at. <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot. Like what I do watch would not have any interest to me like three years ago. And I'd watch much, much less. Like, yeah. Know, like 30, 45 minutes a day if I like am bored, but I like to fill my time with other things. Yes. That very, are more important. Very good. Uh, but otherwise, in terms of cutting it down while I was still really in the hole, the black hole of YouTube, I unsubscribed from every channel that wasn't necessary for being in my life. In that way, it would only come up with recommended stuff that like was like in relation to what I was subscribed to, which was like six channels. So, and then it would be like based on recent searches. And since I had much, much less coming in every day from these channels that I was subscribed to, I, I was just no longer seeing as much as I used to that I was really into. So then my, my, um, my interest in things just changed a lot. So it's like, it, it almost changed who I was Mm. because like, there's been things like I've watched on YouTube and that you've watched on YouTube that like you know, peaked our interests and yeah. we were really into it. And now it's different. It is because we've changed as people, our interests have changed and some of it is self-inflicted that I didn't want to be into so much consumption. And some of it is that I've grown as a person. Okay. So one way that can, one way that can happen to get out of the, um, to break this, to break some certain loves is either you change or they change. Essentially. Essentially. No, wait. You either realize or you change. Right. So, if you are if you are um, obsessed with um, video work, then um, I will either (laughs) I'll either I'm either going to Oh, what's the word? I'm either going to like keep keep pursuing that or if I were to like suddenly get away from it, it'd be because I choose this is unhealthy for my life. 
I'm not going to shoot film anymore. Or this is something I'm not interested in, so I'm not going to do it anymore. So that's kind of... It's similar, but I think with that, we're differing from wasting time or just like entertainment time versus career career path. I think there's a healthy way to yeah, become yeah, very sure. into something when it comes to your career. I don't think it's necessarily unhealthy for until sure. you're starting to like, oh, I'm not going to see my family anymore. I'm not going to hang out with anybody. All I'm going to do is this. For sure. And sometimes that can be okay for like a short period. Like military, you're not going to see your family for a while. You're going to you're going to change. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. what, if you're doing that and that's all you're doing, you start to, it starts to become unhealthy if you're really into it. And that's something I have to make sure is I bump up my hours at work. I want to make sure I'm not like not seeing people I, I want to see. Right. Like today I was going to work all day and then I was like, no, uh, let's, let's spend the morning together. Have a Saturday. Good call. Um, <laughs> So it, it ne- takes a lot of self-control. That's what I'll say. Yeah. My next question is uh, kind of based on something you said a few minutes ago. You said something about it's easy to cut off this video addiction, video consumption addiction, or love, not addiction. Love is the word of the day. But it is not as easy, or but it also, yeah, I'll just ask the question. Unhealthy loves seem to form much quicker than long, rewarding ones. Why? And then does it vary per person? Well, my immediate thing I come to is like, how fast is the, uh, like the pleasure center in your brain hit? How fast does the dopamine kick in? So what are you loving? And how fast is that dopamine kicking? So if you are, if you have an unhealthy love of TikTok, and you are consuming much video every day, you get sucked in like real quick. That's like your entertainment source and you're spending too much time on it because you're getting that dopamine hit right away, right away, right away, right away. And you need it more and more. And versus this is true. <laughs> developing a long relationship with, let's say, your girlfriend, wife, hopefully one day, it's not something immediate it takes a while to develop that and then there's different things you kind of unfold it's more gradual but the dopamine i guess you could say you're just like that feeling of being loved and um giving love it's not short like i don't know how to describe it i kind of get what it's you're harder it, you don't get the dopamine hit right away yeah, but when you do, it's great. But the thing is, we're impatient humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then humans will attempt to do things to draw that dopamine. That's that's my answer. That's your answer. Uh, I like that answer. I like it a lot. I don't know if I have much to add. I was actually that was a question that I was like, why is that? Like it makes sense. It just kind of makes sense would be my way of putting it. It just makes sense that unhealthy things are going to be more attractive because, well, we're sinners and that's kind of how that's kind of how it goes um, when you're a, when you're a sinner. Humans. Well, are sinners. I think I think yeah, we could so say we're sinners. We want to do the things we can't or shouldn't. I just like if you go back, you just like it's in humans. Like if you think of the story of Adam and Eve, and yeah. like that's where it all started. And as soon as it was like, like Cain and Abel were the first like humans not born directly from like the dust and from yeah, they were the, they, they were, were born into a sinful world. Yes. So humans are humans and mess up a lot, and it's a lot more easy to be drawn towards the negative things on your life, which the things that will have a negative impact eventually than the positive and speaking of that kind of pessimistic (laughs) attitude why do we love things that will end quickly ooh it's almost an idea that we have oh wow like it 
it seems kind of a pessimistic attitude to be like, if it's going to end, why bother? Because it's going to hurt at the end. Or is that not how I want the dopamine some rush? Take it? Dopamine rush right now. It's a future me problem. Um, that is a saying I say every now and then. It's very, very optimistic to say future me problem. But what if? But that's the mindset. But what if the impact is worse than any sort of gain you'll have temporarily gotten? Um, people don't care. People want that. They want. They know what they want, and they want it now. So. That's almost. Mm, what was say the question one more time? Why do we love things that could end quickly and quickly be worse, essentially, worse. like a- after the fact? Yeah. Um. It's almost because it's like it's almost part of that fast paced. Not like I get what you're saying. It's not like, oh, a short video. That's that's gonna benefit me. To, no, that's not usually the thought but there have been cases where i have thought that like oh i'm just gonna watch this 30 second video and then i'm like oh why did i just spend 30 seconds of my life doing that why did i waste 30 seconds of my life doing that and in this case it was only 30 seconds and not four hours but that shortness of like yeah there's nothing i gained for that i i know that in fact it's a bigger loss than a gain but the past me that me 30 seconds ago wasn't thinking about that i was just thinking about oh what am i gaining now what is enjoyable to me right now what do i want to fulfill my desires right now and that's that will is stronger than your will of self-control if that's your way of thinking correct and it's very easy like of course i've been in that like youtube was not good for me when i was Uh the black hole Uh like it sucked up way too much of my time i could have done way better things with it i probably would have learned different things one of which is how to cook mom i'm sorry i didn't listen (laughs) because i'm suffering now burgers and spaghetti burgers and spaghetti (laughs) yeah it is that's yeah, my, I could have used my time better when I was, say, 16, 17. Okay, yeah. Whereas now I'm suffering for it later. However, I always come back to the YouTube to look up how to cook. <laughs> so <laughs> It's full circle. I, YouTube is, the thing is, there's a clarification we need to make between stuff to cut out entirely and stuff that can be used as a tool. Uh, so good. you can use YouTube as a tool, although it's very, it's not designed to just be that it's very geared towards drawing you in. Mm-hmm. So this path of not getting sucked down into these black holes of loving things you shouldn't because of their negative impact takes a lot of self-control and a lot of, indeed, uh, a lot of discipline, like self-discipline. Now, <clears throat> Is there are there days where I'll watch two hours of YouTube? Yes, it's much much less common though because I used to be doing like six hours. Right, uh, two hour days are usually like if I get home early from work and it's raining and I don't like I've talked to people I wanted to talk to. It's like what am I going to watch? Yeah, I'll watch. I don't know. I don't even know what I watch most of the time. <laughs> Not very. But- but Important that's a stuff. responsible way to think about things and do things is by... I try and have nothing else to do analyzing. before I go to YouTube. Like, everything else. I will clean my room. I will do the dishes. I mm-hmm. will do all the laundry. Like, I'm going to do all the stuff. Otherwise, you won't enjoy it how you want to enjoy well, it. Well, you notice how deep you get into something when parts of your life become in disarray. Mm. And an easy way to see it in, in physical form is your room. Yeah. So... If you're not cleaning your room and you realize, what are you spending your time on? Mm. Why isn't your room clean? It's like, um, well, I spend a bit of time on YouTube. Like you look around and you're like, oh, there's things that could be cleaned. Why not do them now? And the reason you're not doing it now, unless it's like I'm going to work or something, there's got to be a a not so great reason why you can't do it right now. (laughs) Right. Is YouTube more important than things in your life being organized yeah and orderly and that's when it starts to become more of like idolatry because it's taking over your life as the main interest over things that should be 
of greater importance to you. Yeah, that's very, very good. I like the room anal- analogy. Um, <laughs> analogy. My final question is the question I wrote first, actually. Well, one of the questions is what makes this dangerous? We've already talked about that. How is formation of love active in society? So this is more of a specific question, but where does it appear prevalent and active today in society? Media consumption, Oh, as we've reflected, yes, is where it's easiest to see it manifest. For sure. For sure. That's a, that's as a nice society. Answer. We generally, there's some of us that, you know, there's a lot of people I'm sure that are self-controlled when it terms to, when it comes to media consumption, but have issues elsewhere. However, as of right now, screens are a huge, huge, huge draw. Mm-hmm. Like now, seven inches now. Seven-inch phone <laughs> screens. Because it's huge. Yeah, I'm not a fan of big phones. I like the small phones. Me too. Anyway. Proceed. Can you ask your question again? My question is, how does the formation of love active in society? How is the formation of love, excuse me, active in society? I'm not quite understanding how I should answer that. I think think you should answer your own question. You answered it how I would have expected. Like, you see a lot of people today, like, the effects of the YouTube black hole or pornography addiction or any addiction. They're just kind of, like, that's why... Some people are workaholics. Some people are workaholics, and all their goal is to get money. And there's songs about that... (laughs) Or they just like their work or just the mindset of working so much until you can't work anymore is like actually becoming enticing to me. Mm. Like doing an eight hour shift does not feel long enough at all anymore. It's like, I'm going to work and I'm going to work. And then when I don't want to work anymore, I'm going to drink coffee and then I'm going to work another four Mm. hours. Wow. Because like I'm going to... I'm going to work. It's something to keep me busy and away from other things. The thing is, when I'm in the workaholic mindset, I generalize other things to literally everything else. And that's when it becomes unhealthy. And I'm like, okay, I've already done 10 or 11 hours. I think it's time that I can be done. Yeah. That's... I've I don't never know if you've experienced that. that. <laughs> it's when I was actually, in the workforce, I was a minor. So, and nowadays it's just school and homework, major. and I let myself um, have breaks and um, probably sometimes too much. But I take twenty minutes a day for break. I consider my break time to be when I'm at home. <laughs> that's fair. That I that is a that is a different mindset. Uh, the the healthier part of that mindset, but kind of like. That right there, people will like say like yes, work until I cannot work in it anymore, and then find a way to, and that's where it becomes. Here we go, dangerous, because if I again YouTube, people will watch YouTube until there's nothing left to watch. They'll refresh their YouTube, maybe grab some ice cream and keep watching. So. It is a, it's a, it's a real thing in society and it takes many forms in lots of different, in lots of different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? People. You know, do you mind if I sidetrack for a quick second? Go for it. Go for it. An easy way to think of my mindset with work. Uh, well, yes, it can become dangerous if I'm working dangerously long hours that don't make sense to. But I have a boundary in place where it's like, if I know I'm not going to be efficient at work anymore because I'm just so like mentally drained, then I'll stop. But that usually doesn't <laughs> that usually doesn't come until about twelve hours. Okay. At eight hours, I usually feel like, ooh, past the eight hour mark. Yes, uh-huh. keep going. And then usually a couple more hours are in, and I'm like, all right, I'm starting to like. I've been at work for and since it was dark outside 
all the light and now it's completely dark outside again. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I've been at work for a while. But my mindset when I'm in like the super heavy hours is like, you look at a person like Elon Musk, he used to work 120 hour weeks, which are 16 hours days, right. seven days a week. And how are you sleeping? He goes <laughs> home, he sleeps six hours and he has two hours to himself. Perfect. So he does have <laughs> time management. Yeah. Anyway. However, I'm not that nuts. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'm at nine hours and I'm feeling tired. Look at him. He could work. He works almost double the amount I've done today and I'm tired. I'm going to, I guess I don't really look at Musk, but I just look at that hours that you do per paycheck. I want to be up to a hundred mm-hmm. instead of 80. Mm-hmm. What do I got to do to make that happen? Oh, a hundred per two weeks. I'm like, Ooh, let's get up to 110. <clears throat> oh, and I'm just like, all right, we're going to keep working it's, and we're going to so keep working. You make it I just, a goal. I work not, I don't limit my self to eight hours like I used to. Right. I just go until like I'm really done for the day, which usually turns out to be at minimum nine, mm-hmm. nine and a half. And then up to t- like, I've done 14 okay. once, but like at my current job, I've done 16 once that was that was too much but um usually between nine and a half and eleven and a half hours which makes for a very healthy paycheck but but it also starts to take away from other things because i get worn out a lot quicker and that's what you start to love sure yeah yeah anyway i do have one final question one final question one final cue all right ask it this has to do with career Oh boy. Okay. We are often told that we should do what we love for a living. Oh. But we as people get impatient and get bored of things. So what does it look like to become tired of your career? You if you're doing what you love, what if you don't love it anymore? Almost the daily grind gets to you. That's my guess and where it comes from. Um Wow. Like, imagine yourself not enjoying film or editing at all anymore. Right, at all. Like, there are times where, because I go to um, a tech school where I can, where I, like, we do storytelling, film, video, editing, all this stuff. And there are days where it'd be be nice to just have a day off. And I have a day off coming up. But (laughs) it would be nice to have a day off and to not, not have to be at tech. But you'd look forward to coming back. But I would look forward to coming back for sure. So uh, the question is one more time. Well, it's just like the idea of you're supposed to, people say, oh, you should do what you love. Yeah. Is it really loving something if you get tired of it? Like, Um, and you want, like, we're just kind of impatient. We get bored of things quickly. Yeah. So that's where you might want to expand. If, what you love is folding clothes. Your limits are pretty, pretty, like, pretty narrow. If you love to train people in folding clothes, there are so many ways you could go about that where it's it's almost endless. It's just, you should expand your uh, playing field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty much. So... A complex business forming love is and what it looks like. Would you agree with that? Say it one more time. A complex business forming love is complex. Okay. Oh, yeah. What it looks like. It's very hard to kind of bring this episode to like a clear, like final (laughs) point. But we, I would say we generally agree on kind of what it looks like to get drawn into something where it becomes habitual versus mm-hmm. the extreme end versus yeah. balancing it, it out to make sure together. you're including things that you should be of making importance. Yes. And how it all ties together. And the point of this book is to show like you are what you love and, um, want to plug the book name. Uh, yeah, you are what you love by James K. A. Smith. It is, um, uh, so far halfway through a good read. Um, it's not terribly difficult. This is actually an abridged version of a three-volume series that are each very large. So this is definitely condensed, but 
it is a good book for the average reader and I recommend. And the whole idea of the book is your loves form you, who you are, your being, what you love. What you love forms what you love, believe it or not. And yeah, yeah, there's the book can definitely get into deeper details than we did. Um, because uh, James K.A. Smith knows more about this, has studied this more than either of us. But, yes, any any final words for the pod? No. We're going back into lower IQ mode. All right. It's lower IQ mode time, so stop thinking. And get your lower IQ brain on. So, I'm on what's the deal, right? You're on what's the deal. So, what is the deal with bookshelves for purely, like, uh, what's the word? Um, Displays? Display. Bookshelves full of books only for display. Like, if you go to someone's mansion, there's (laughs) thousands of books. Oh, that looks so cool. They have a library. It's literally never going to be used. Exactly. So... Fun fact, a couple years ago when everything shut down and everyone was doing things on Zoom, there was a company that would let you order just a bunch of random books to put behind you for your for your office Zoom background so you look like you're smarter than you are. You could buy... like Do people not have enough could, books? You could even rent books. People don't have enough books. That's why. I mean, I have just recently started adding to my book collection. Mm. So... I don't read a ton of books, and I'm okay with that. Um, but there are books that I definitely make an effort to read, like You Are What You Love or the one you recommended. Um, yes. It should be a priority that I make in my life, but I haven't been because I get home and I'm like, I want to eat food and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. Um, the, what's the, what is the deal with fancy the books just to have books it's i don't know it's like just a grand display you know like it's i think it's just a flex just like a people, flex yeah. like billionaires or millionaires who just have these mansions like like six mansions literally five of them at a time are vacant but they own them it's like you're just doing that to flex like mm-hmm. look at all my property i have which i'm not like angry at them for doing no, that i think it's just kind of they can do that all they want <laughs> I think it's just kind of like ridiculous because I'm not in that position right now. It's just like, why is it books that are so like huge? I mean, books are expensive. It is true. You ever walk into a Barnes and Noble, it's like $15 for this, this like just this little skinny booklet. Like imagine if I like had a barn full of board games. That's, Do you realize how much like, board games are like forty or fifty bucks? Yeah, that's and a, a box full of them. You'd be like, when you'd look at it, it looked like just junk, like board games everywhere. But then mm-hmm. you'd be like, There's that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. What is the deal? It's Will a flex. It's a flex. Um, so icebreaker question: What podcasts do you listen to other than the Schmitz Con show? <laughs> Just give a few. Um, well, it's going to show my bias, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. But <clears throat> I listen to a couple different ones. The Lex Friedman Show. He's a basically just a host who has a million different guests in. Yeah. Um, Living Waters Podcast. And the Matt Walsh Show. Solid. I will... Now give mine. I listen to, I make a podcast for my school um, called Libertas Connect. I listen to that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right. That's the primary podcast I I've listen to. I just recently started listening to our podcasts yeah. a little bit. I, you know, the other day. It's hard for me to listen to them because I'm like, wow, we do it very different. <laughs> the other day it came up in my stream and it was like, or in my queue and I just let it play. And I was like, this isn't bad. <laughs> like I would listen to this. So aside from the Schmitz Con show, 
Uh, I listen. Of course, I listen to Schmidt's Gun Show. I listen to Schmidt's Gun Show at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, please email us. Schmidt's Gun Show at gmail.com. I listen to Net Positive with John Christ is the name of the podcast. He is a comedian and. I'm actually going to see John Christ. You are? Yes. When? 22nd, I think. 21st. Me too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you going with GF? I am. I'm going with probably my mother. Very soon. I'm excited. That's really cool. Um. Anyway, I'm. I listen to his podcast where he talks about news. the The whole idea of the podcast. Let's take this event and find where the positive might be. On the gross, it might be a negative, but on the net, it's positive. That's his podcast. I also listen to Living Waters podcast. Living Waters Very podcast good stuff. <laughs> with. Um, Easy, Ray, Mark, and Oscar. And then, finally, one of the other ones in my list that I listen to from time to time. I'm not a, as avid of a podcast listener as you. I probably will be. I aspire to be. Uh, it's called Dear Hank and John, which is the brothers Hank Green and John Green. And Ooh. they are the Crash Course people. I do know them. They're and interesting people. They are. They do an advice podcast. And it's so <laughs> that's, dubious. That's weird to me. It's so I'm not used, I'm used to seeing him in dubious. his green screen. Yes. Yes. It is like the description is just Are Ant Hills just one person? Can you solve crosswords? Did people used to think they would die of colds? What does have a good one mean? So just that's it, true. It's what the, does have a good what one? What does mean? have a good one mean? So that's my third podcast of choice for talking on the podcast today. Interesting. That what about positive. our uh, cancellation? Cancellation of the day is SD cards under eight gigabytes. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what, what is the, is the purpose? <laughs> you can store a few songs in them, or you can get literally an iPod for less money than the SD card costed. <laughs> yeah, and you can view the pictures. And um, choose audio the song. you put on it. You can literally do You more. can use it as anything. Yes. So what is the deal with 8 <coughs> gigabyte SD cards? Well, it's all the leftover stuff from like the 90s and 2000s. True. And now we just see them and we're like, gross. <laughs> Give me my minimum 64. Like if 64 is like your... Well, we what I do, do we minimum. use? Do we I use do a 32 mini- or 128? We use a 128 because for this podcast, if every time... We have, you know, these fancy sounds saved in our soundboard. Right. And if I have to, and the, the pro, the, um, what's it called? The mixer we use is weird and selfish. Um, kind of, kind of reminds me of, um, our favorite phone company and, (laughs) uh, the lightning phone company, um, where I can't actually delete anything off of the card unless I format the card through the mixer. So uh, you can't, well, so but, I could show you a way around that. Probably, honestly. probably do command prompt. There's things you can do. Anyway, my average technology does not allow me. So that's why we use 128, and we get like 50 hours of recording time and then we have to reset the whole thing. Eight gigabytes is not enough for anything. Yep. Eight gigabytes like is how much my software takes up on my phone. <laughs> yeah. just to exist so cancel 8 gigabyte SD card do you have something you want to cancel hmm. I think that's a pretty good one so I'll come up with next cancellation next cancellation sounds good right. so with that what did you think of this podcast episode of course um, we want you to share it with the person we want you to share it with someone who works in an electronics store no 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 share no. it with your your favorite hat makers okay customer service rep favorite hat makers customer service rep <coughs> share it with them or someone of similarity um and also what's the what's i'm just going to ask our listeners their their favorite podcast what it is doesn't your have podcast? to be, it doesn't have to be schmidt's con show yes it does <laughs> i require it if you don't answer Schmidt's Gun Show, if you don't you answer, that means it is your favorite because you're mm-hmm. listening to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So either answer 
We or basically don't want you to answer. It's your fa- yeah, if you yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you don't answer, it's your favorite. And <laughs> I like that. We're gonna start getting people to actually say stuff. I now. like that fallacy. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate our listeners. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Asher? Well, this has been the SchmitzCon show. This has been. I'm Joshua, and I'm Asher. Stay informed and, and always loop back. back. It went well. Yeah.